When it comes to planning a wedding, everyone's got an opinion. From your future mother-in-law telling you how weddings have been done in their family for the last three generations, to trying to figure out how many guests fit into your already dwindling budget, planning a wedding can be stressful. Hi, I'm Tyler Reith, and this is the Stressless Wedding Planning Podcast. Each week, I'll be chatting with different wedding pros who are absolute experts in their field and successfully navigate more weddings in a year than most people attend in a lifetime. From planners to DJs to florists to venues, we'll help you cut through the noise of everyone telling you what you should do and empower you to make your best decisions for your wedding. So today we are talking with Cheryl Green. Uh, Cheryl Green owns Sweet Green Cupcakery. About eight years ago they started, they were just making some custom cupcakes. And about five or six years ago, they expanded to weddings. Now they do wedding cakes, regular cakes, cupcakes, baked goods. If it has sugar in it or even if it doesn't have sugar in it, they're doing it. Cheryl, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing, Tyler? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So Cheryl, um, I'd love to hear just a little bit about your backstory, um, especially how you went from just doing cupcakes to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I, I like to tell everybody that I was honestly, I was born to bake. Um, I grew up in uh, my family. My mother is like a master baker. Like she always did all of our wonderful baked goods, make this cute little cakes for our birthdays. And so I kind of grew up with a passion for it. Always loved cupcakes. Uh, started a business because people were starting to ask me for them more and more. And so we started out making cupcakes. That was our specialty. Um, and somehow about five years ago, we were invited to do a bridal show. Um, and we fell in love with weddings, uh, with the process of working with brides, with designing these custom treats. Um, and just really with the overall process and wanting to be a part of that. Um, it's really just such a great relationship that you create with your customers and being able to create these gorgeous, beautiful cakes and desserts that are kind of memorialized in, in pictures and are just part of such a special time in someone's life. Um, and so we really have shifted a lot of our business to focusing fully on our brides and our, and our weddings to really be able to create the most specialized treats and cakes cupcakes and like you said everything else if it has sugar we've got it even if it doesn't have sugar and you have dietary restrictions we handle all of those things um, with care and also by being able to customize it to the person to the event um, and really just making it very special as well as tasty wow that is a lot to pack in you've got some you you've been doing some stuff over the last couple of years especially uh you know you know switching in just jumping into a bridal show those things can be um arduous to say the least sometimes i will say that um so we actually met just a couple of days ago over at uh, at a bridal show and yep. girl your stuff is fantastic um those oh, little cheesecake cups <laughs> oh my gosh i probably went back two or three times so when it comes to those kinds of desserts when i went over to your table you had cupcakes you had cheesecake you had a small wedding cake you had all sorts of different things i've been seeing a lot of the you know a lot of the cupcake trays or towers and i've, I've seen a lot of wedding cakes so if you've mm -hmm. got somebody coming in that wants to decide between cupcakes or, or like a traditional style wedding cake what are some things that they should be looking for or considering yeah, I mean, the thing is, for me, it's always about preference and what the bride wants. Um, we never push anyone into anything, but I think what's really important is a lot of times people come and they're like, I don't know, I could do this, I could do that, what about this? We make sure we provide them with options and kind of 
give them all the answers to their questions. So, you know, when you think about it, some people don't like cake. So some people are like, I just want this gorgeous centerpiece of a wedding cake. And that's what they want. I think that's great. Some people are like, I don't need the whole wedding cake. Let's do a faux cake just for taking pictures. And maybe we'll have some sheet cakes in the back that people can cut. Some people are like, I don't even want cake. Uh, I've had some weddings where they're like, we just want a dessert bar. And I think it's just, there's, it's always about that individual choice of what the bride and the groom are looking for. Um, And also thinking about your guests. If you know that you have someone with uh, different dietary restrictions, having something for them. If you know that the groom doesn't like cake, maybe you're not going to want as much cake. But I can definitely tell you that dessert bars have definitely been on trend for the last two years. It, it really allows you to customize it to your own likings. And we're totally here for it. But it's always about the bride. You know, we like to have lots of conversations and meet to talk about what they would like. And we give you options. Sometimes people get very overwhelmed. They're like, wow, we didn't know we could do all those things. But I think as a vendor, it's really important to share all the options with your customers and to help that way that can help them to make the right decision for their event. No, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, especially, you know, when it comes to all of the different options out there, sometimes, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit of information overload which is when it's really good to have somebody that really knows what, you know, what they're talking about. And, you know, it is a very, and you're, you're right, it, it would be a very um, personal, you know, decision to make as to, like you said, dietary restrictions. Um, you know, now, how often do you run into situations where you don't know that there are dietary restrictions? You know, let's, let's, say, I'm, let's say I'm a groom. And we're ordering the cake and I don't necessarily know that there's going to be a bunch of people at my wedding that are, you know, gluten intolerant or they, you know, can't have certain types of sugars or, you know, any of the other types of dietary restrictions that are out there. What are some things that I should take into consideration when I'm planning that kind of thing? Yeah. So I, I think up front, normally we know a lot of that, but one of the things I've been seeing a lot of my brides and grooms do that I think is really helpful is that when they're sending out their replies or the RSVP for their wedding, they ask, are there any dietary restrictions? Um, so some people, if it's, you know, if it's your intimate family, you may already know that someone is gluten-free um, or is diabetic. And so you're going to think about that up front, especially in their, you know, when it's your immediate family, but you may not know about, you know, uh, a second cousin removed that's coming or, you know, yeah. a friend of a friend. Um, so I think that it's a really good idea to think about that when you're doing your RSVPs, if you're, especially if you're asking them for any like food choices, but to see, um, and put in a little note or request or allow someone to write in if they have any dietary restrictions, um, I know for us, sometimes we know that up front, but what we always do, of course, is we have a final consultation about a month to a month and a half prior to the wedding. And during that, we finalize everything. And there are definitely times where I'll have someone come back and say, hey, oh my gosh, I found out that there's like five people that are going to be gluten-free. I want to make sure they have something. Can we add in some gluten-free dessert? And that's mm-hmm. never a problem. We can always go back and kind of do that. Um, but it's really important because obviously people have dietary restrictions for a reason and and they can be um, very harmful if they eat something that, you know, they're not aware of. Um, So I'm always very open to answering people's questions about what is in the items that we prepare um, and also answering questions about what types of things we can handle in terms of dietary restrictions. 
and what things we may not be able to handle in providing recommendations. No, and that's a great idea, especially putting the you know that little line in there as, as a question in the in the invitation. I mean, they're already yeah. putting in there. You know, would you like the chicken or the fish? And so it just right. you know, it flows, and it just makes sense to also have. You know, do you have any dietary restrictions? That's that's a really really good point. I would, I would never would have thought about that. Um, now yeah. you had mentioned a little while ago about a fo- of a, a fake cake. Yeah, tell me about that. Full cakes have been around forever, but really all it is is that. Um, maybe one or two tiers may be real, and the other ones, it's decorated. You honestly can't tell. It looks exactly like a cake. It actually can be really helpful from a budget-conscious perspective as well. When you're doing a faux cake, um, it can allow you the ability to have this beautiful, extravagant, dramatic, tall, tiered cake, but it actually could save you somewhere between 40 to 50% in cost compared to a real cake. And then what they'll do is they'll just have sheet cakes that are being cut in the back for most of their guests. But it's really a great way to not only save money, but to get that beautiful um, cake moment and the drama of this cake without having to take on all of the cake and all of the cost. No, and I think that, you know, for me, one of my favorite details to photograph is that wedding cake. So, right. so when they cut through, when they cut into the cake is like how do you let them know this part's styrofoam this part's cake is there like a is there an indent is there a an arrow pointing or something like that so it it depends cuz there's a, there's also different ways you can do a faux cake um sometimes someone may want an all faux cake and you can just actually um put one piece of cake inside and so you'll have to just you note where it is or have like a little marker or something on the back of the cake so they know where to cut to get that slice out um, and if it's a cake that's a combined that say like one layer is real cake and the other layers are not, then they'll cut the cake layer that is actual the real cake. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I can, I could just see myself accidentally hitting the styrofoam <laughs> part. I mean, that's just something that knowing me, that's exactly what I would do. And then, you know, at some yeah. point you're just like, you know what, I'm just going to have to roll with it. <laughs> well, and it's I don't also, know, I'm eating styrofoam like real quick and just smiling about venue. it. The difference with me as a vendor is that a lot of vendors are there on site all the time, right? So the whole time they can yeah. see what's happening. Um, as the baker, we are just there to drop off the cake and then I leave. Um, and so I like to make sure that I've spoken to whoever the planner or person in charge is and usually someone in the kitchen as well, one of the chefs. Um, and so we'll have those conversations to make sure that everyone is on the same page and then that we're good. So that hopefully helps a little too, so they don't cut into. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and that's just a you know coordination with the venue itself, or or the day of planner, or the wedding coordinator, or planner, you know, whoever right. they have on site. Um, that would be really, really helpful. Um, because I have yeah. I've run into some you know end of the evenings and nobody knows where the baker put the put the boxes. So the fact that you actually coordinate with the uh, you know with the planners that day is is not as common as you would think, unfortunately. Um, wow. Yeah. So when it, when when it comes to the initial consultation sitting with you, um, what are some like what are some questions that maybe the couple should be ready to ask, or if like if it doesn't come up, they should you know hey make sure you ask every person this, um, or even what questions should they be prepared to answer um, when they sit, first sit down with? You? Yeah. Um, so I, I will say in. In many of my consultations, I kind of like to learn more about the couple and I drive most of the conversation, but that's not always how it works, right? Um, a lot of times the uh, a baker may be asked, looking for you to have that. So some of the top questions I, I would ask 
um, if I was working with another person would be, you know, of course, making sure that the date that you're looking for is available um, and that they service that area. There's a lot of different areas, especially, you know, we're in the, the DMV area. Um, that's a pretty expansive territory and everyone doesn't cover everywhere. So I think wherever your location is, you do want to make sure you let them know where your venue is and make sure that they service that area and that that date, of course, is available. Let's see, what else? Um, of course, always asking if they offer cake tasting because that's a super important part. You want to know what flavors yeah, that they have. Yeah, walk me through that. Yeah. So cake tastings are honestly offered in such a variety of different ways. I'll tell you that for us, we've actually um, migrated to a to-go cake tastings model. Um, and so what that actually means is that for us, we actually allow our customers to, um, we have like a long list of flavors and combinations they can choose from. They get to pick like three or four different combinations of what they like. We create custom cake boxes for them and we deliver them to their house. They do their cake tastings and then we do, you know, a, a consultation. Uh, we have them for cake. We have them for dessert. And you get to customize them. You tell us what you want to taste. But I think the tasting experience in and of itself is one of the most important parts of, of selecting a baker because it, yeah. it's, it's about a variety of things, right? It's about, it's about fit. Um, you know, you want to make sure you fit that, that person, um, I, sometimes it's kind of like a personality thing. Um, you know, there are times where I'll meet a client and I'm like, I'm not sure if we're the right match. And sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, we were meant to be together. You know, and I, I think you yeah. have to feel that. You have to feel that with the people you work with because your work, it's not like we're, it's a, you know, you order a cake for today, I deliver it on Friday and we're done. No, we're together for like six, eight months. Um, but of course, in addition to the fit, you want to make sure that that taste is what you're looking for that the types of designs that, you know, the baker is doing are is what you're looking for. And they have experience in that area as well. Now, when it comes to actually like designing, you know, the, the design of the wedding cake or the cupcake tower or the desserts and all that, how do I put this nicely? Um, <laughs> Pinterest. Good thing, bad thing in the middle. Are there any red flags or you get handed a picture and say, that looks good, but that's just not possible. Um, the design part is always the most fun part, but I, as a person will always be very honest, um, with all of my clients. There are definitely times where someone has wanted a design that I didn't feel comfortable doing. And I'm happy to share that with them because what I don't want is to, you know, promise something that I think is not going to work or not going to look good. So I'm always very honest and upfront. If I think that, you know, I'm not sure if that will work. Um, I always offer suggestions. I believe it has to be a collaborative process, but there's definitely some things that are, are more challenging. Um, anything that defies gravity, always fun. Um, we definitely have done a couple upside down wedding cakes. <laughs> um, they're fun until someone has to cut them really? and they, they're like, I don't know how to cut this. Okay. But you ordered an upside down yeah. wedding cake. Um, and it's, you know, very, very stressful. It's like, you know, cause you have to make sure uh, my favorite was we had one, I was an upside down cake. So I was already completely freaking out to make sure everything was fine. And, you know, that it was, you know, engineering wise, it's going to stay and everything's great. And then they put me next to the DJ and I could feel the vibration. And I was like, nope, my cake can't be here. I cannot, I will not put this cake here next to the no. DJ that I can feel the floor moving. And this cake is 
on wires <laughs> upside down. Um, so like we had to, you know, go oh, and redo the, just move the cake to the entire opposite side of the room. Um, but it, it worked out well. Uh, it was upside down and it stayed that way the whole night, which is beautiful. But, you know, those types of things are, are always a, a challenge. When you're thinking about the design, you have yes. to take into account the environment. There's so many factors. Is your reception inside or outside? There's a difference in the designs of, uh, you know, certain things I can do or certain things I won't recommend if your wedding is going to be outside, especially if it's in June. Um, most of our cakes that we do are buttercream. Buttercream is butter and it melts. Um, so making sure that we have an understanding for all these factors because it impacts the way that we can make sure that your cake is secured appropriately. Um, how long is the cake going to be sitting out before people are going to eat it? On average, I think that I would, I'd say most times at a reception, the cake's probably sitting out for like four hours. All those things like need to be taken into account. Um, and then even like sometimes the stands or like whatever support it's going to be sitting on, because that can also be important in figuring out, you know, different details of the actual cake. Um, but even just some design elements, like there are times where people want very heavy, like ornamental pieces or jewelry type pieces to be on the cake. That can be very difficult. Again, especially if you have, um, a cake and you're in a warm environment and you have something that's very heavy and then, you know, your, your icing is going to get a little soft and you have something heavy on there. So it's kind of all of those yep. factors. I, I think that it's important to take into account. And thinking about what design will make the most sense, you want to have a beautiful cake, but you also want it to last all night, um, you know, and at least last until you're ready to cut it. I like to have a lay of the room. What is the layout going to look like? Um, I like to know where the venue is. And I mean, having all this because I want to make sure that the cake is always going to be in the best possible place. And Sometimes as a result of our conversations, we'll change a little bit out of the design. We might change the location of where the cake is going to be. Um, all those things, because you want to make sure, you know, you pay a lot of money for all of the things in your wedding, including your cake. So, of course, I want to make sure that it's going to be in the yeah. best possible um, light and um, location for your cutting and everything. You know, it's it's always good to have those conversations, you know, and and that's why, you know, having somebody who's so good at what they do, like, you know, just to sit down across from them and and you know, I'm a firm believer that there is no such thing as too much information. You know, if you give Absolutely. too much information, something's gonna stick and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get what you need out of it. And then what you don't need, well, that can go by the wise side, but at the very least we covered that. So when it comes to like the, the budgeting of, you know, designing either cakes or cupcakes, are there any, um, are, are there, are there some things that obviously you had mentioned a little while ago about the fake cake or the faux cake? Mm -hmm. Um, but are there any other things that we can do to kind of sort of cut costs or in some instances, Hey, if you do this, it's going to make it really cool, but it's going to be a little bit more expensive. Yeah, I mean, in terms of cutting costs, like I said, I, I always like to tell people, don't don't tell me what your budget is. Tell me what you want, and then let's figure out how to fit it in there, right? Because if you come to me and say, I have a $200 budget, yeah. I'm going to, in my mind, I'm just going to give you, okay, this is what you get for $200. But if you say, hey, this is kind of my inspiration, but I only have a budget, then I can kind of figure out how we can do maybe take some of those elements and fit it within there, right? Because there are lots of options. Um, so I, I like to lead more with the inspiration than leading with the budget. The budget, of course, is important, but there are a lot of factors. 
um, like you mentioned, you know, doing a sheet cake and full cake um, or doing combinations of a real and a sheet cake or just a dessert bar. There's a lot of different combinations and ways that you can do that. Um, but there are, of course, kind of luxury items, right, that, that change some of those pricing. Um, so, for instance, um, a, one of the popular accents right now is this edible gold leaf. Um, if you can imagine, it's gold. It's actually gold. It's oh, edible I can imagine. gold. Um, so yeah. um, there's a little bit of an upcharge if you're looking to do a wedding cake that has some edible gold leaf on it because that is a luxury item. Um, we talked about some of these like ornaments and jewels that people would like to have on their um, on their cake. You know, those types of things are going to be additional. Those are luxury items. So that would cost a little bit extra. Um, when you're thinking about florals, one of the things for us that's a little different is that we actually source all the florals on our cake. Um, the only time that there's some differences there. So if someone wants like specific flowers, um, my favorite one is I had a customer who was like, I need these pur- deep purple calla lilies you know, that's a specialty flower. Um, so there was an upcharge there. Yeah. So we, we kind of source those. Um, but some designs also have more of a cost. If you want a cake that has cascading florals, that's going to cost a lot more. Why? Because it's cascading florals. There's more flowers that are involved as opposed to a cake that's going to have some yeah. just some pops of the florals. Um, there's some additional really popular designs of having um, layers of flowers in between the cake and even at the base those types of things are going to be more. So, you know, I think it's always about adding extra intricate details that can change it. I know for us, we always make sure that those costs are known up front. Um, But I like to make sure everyone is always aware. um, And I try to provide kind of examples. If you're looking for this cake, this is how much it would be for this cake with cascading florals versus this cake um, versus a naked cake, you know? So there's different, definite options there. Um, that we like to provide, but there are definitely things that are going to increase your cost a little bit. Um, you know, cake, they, uh, the other part, I think it's probably um, rentals. So um, renting a stand, you have to have something for your cake to sit on or your dessert bar. Um, so sometimes oh, your venue may have them, um, but in many cases, the venues don't. So making sure, so that might be an additional cost. If you don't have a cake stand and your venue doesn't provide those for you, um, stands, we definitely do a lot of stand rental. That's one of those things that people always forget about. And right before the wedding, I'm always like, so do you guys have your stand for your cake? And they're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so luckily we have an entire room full of stands. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, I would have never thought about that. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. In through the conversation you were talking about six months prior, eight months prior, you know, it takes about a month to, you know, we do our tastings once a month. What how far in advance to the wedding day would you say that people should, you know, should contact you from a, you know, how far out maximum versus, hey, we, you know, we're getting married next week and we still need a cake? Yeah. I mean, those, those are, that's the best question. People forget that they have to buy a cake, I think. Um, and I find that it's that we tend to, for the cake, we tend to be somewhere in the later part of the process, um, which I won't say that I agree with. Because, you know, in order for you to think, when you think about it, right, you want your cake to complement all of the other details of your wedding. You know, your decor, your florals, just the mood, your vision, your cake needs to match with that. 
if you wait until the last minute to go book your cake, you're going to be getting whoever is available, which may not be the person who really can help you to bring that vision to life. So I, I like to tell people minimum of four months before your wedding. Um, I'd say four to six is, is the sweet spot. I mean, I definitely think about six months out is the right place where you should be out there with a list of possible bakers. You should be setting up consultations and tastings and thinking about narrowing it down, right? So it's really important. I, I like to say, I definitely recommend it. Like the six month mark is the sweet spot to really start making sure you have the people. So if you started eight months of looking for the, some of the people you might want to talk to, and then at six months, you're starting those conversations and you're going to be in a good place. You could start that around the four months, but it's definitely a risk. Anything less than four months, it's just really a very high risk that you're not, you're going to be left with only the people who happen to be available, who may not be able to bring your vision to life um, and may not be who you would have first selected. So you want to make sure you can get the vendors that you want. Yeah. It seems to be an afterthought in the process. Um, and it really shouldn't be. I don't believe you need to book a year out. I mean, I have, I already have several weddings for 2023 books, right? But I also have a lot of spaces in there. Yeah, no, and that makes that that's that's really good to know because I would have initially thought, you know, before we had this conversation, I was always of the mindset of, oh, you know, they can bake multiple cakes, they can, you know, but after talking with you and all of the, you know, when it comes to delivery and stands and two hours away. You know, there's good possibility and actually probability that you're only going to be able to take one wedding a day, maybe even one one wedding a weekend, right. just because of all the right. deliverables and, and the time that it goes into before you actually have right. to deliver this cake. Because you know, unlike me, I go, I I charge my batteries, make sure my memory cards are are empty, and I go and I and I shoot the wedding with you. A lot of your stuff is like the day before or a couple of days before to make sure that everything's prepped. Right. All planning and, and right. And, and you have multiple days of events. And I know for, for us, I, because we've, you know, really shifted our focus primarily to weddings. One of the things that I share with my brides is that I, you know, when you have a date, that's your date. I want you to have my full attention because I put everything I have into every detail for each cake, dessert bar, all of that. Right. So I don't book tons of weddings in a weekend. Um, and I have, and I can, but I know that the stress that's involved in that. And so we usually will only, um, yeah. do maybe a maximum of two per day. if like one's in the morning and one's in the evening. Um, and so we might do like three or four weddings in a weekend, but the sweet spot is maybe two for us. It's much more about the intimacy of it, making sure that we are fully committed so that we can bring this beautiful vision of a cake into um, what the bride and the groom are looking for and that it's going to be this just beautiful centerpiece for them. That is most important to me. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, in my personal opinion, the wedding cake and the wedding floral is the two biggest things that, you know, really make a wedding pop. And it's the, you know, it's, it's a way that you can have self-expression but someone else, you know, you need to get to know them and you need to have the time to be able to, to you know, help show who they are in, in a sweet treat. Um, so I, I can, I, I very much appreciate everything that you guys do. Cheryl, 
I, I want to thank you so much uh, for, for taking the time to chat. Sure. Yeah. Folks, thank you so much for spending the last little bit with us. It's been great having you. If you have any questions or if you'd like to continue the conversation, we do have a Facebook group that I would love to direct you towards. If you have any questions, feel free to start up a chat in there. And I'll also include a link in the show notes to that as well. Until then, thank you so much for listening and happy planning. Happy planning.